All right, everybody. Welcome to episode nine of Flashpoint Podcast. <clears throat> My name is Owen Higgins. I am your host. Uh, for regular listeners, this is going to be something a little bit different. I know normally we do news and politics pretty much exclusively. Uh, but today, tonight, Monday night, I wanted to switch it up a little bit and talk about my new favorite show on TV, which is Yellow Jackets, which is on Showtime. Uh, eight episodes are out so far. It's a, if you're not familiar with, well, if you're not familiar with it, you should not listen. Uh, we are full spoilers from this point on, we're going to be talking about the show in depth up to this point. So, uh, but for those of you who are familiar with it, of course, you know, it is kind of a Lord of the Flies with high school varsity soccer players who have been stranded in the Ontario wilderness and the things that they do to survive. And then, of course, them 25 years later as they kind of cope with the ongoing fallout from that disaster. So today uh, I am joined by Tanvi Misra, who is an independent journalist based in New York who covers migration. And I'm also joined by Maya Kasoff, freelance editor and writer. Um, and I'm very, very glad to be joined by both of them. I admire their work, obviously, as well as we share an obsession with this show. So uh, for those of you who are listening, if you, you know, if you want to join the call queue in a little bit, that's fine. But we're going to talk for just a little bit about the show first and kind of talk about our theories and stuff, and then we'll kind of open it up. So tell me, I wanted to start uh, with you to just kind of get your feelings about the show, your impressions about the show, maybe your favorite character. I don't know, just kind of get us a little warmed up about this and, and, and chat a little bit. Yeah, um, well, I'm really excited to chat about the show. Um, as I've already, I think I've already mentioned to you, but I've been um, staying up pretty late, looking up all the theories about it um, and like how it's supposed to end and who's who. So uh, I'm pretty <laughs> invested. Um, and the reason I like it is, uh, you know, I think I've I've always really, it's a really great combination of like basically everything that I like. I love like, teenage dramas and I love like old school slasher and like witchy horror um and this like seems to be a really good mix of everything and so I've been really enjoying it so far um I don't know as far as my favorite character goes I I feel like everyone is so distinctive and kind of um interesting but um I would say I really like Shauna um I really like the actress who plays adult Shauna, Melanie Linsky. I think she's she does like these, um, you know, she, she she's often in things and you like won't really, like she's not often the main character, um, but she's like a side character and she plays like these quietly like unhinged women and she plays them really well. Um, and I think that she's really good. I also really like Christina Ricci. I think she's really funny um so as misty and so yeah I, I would say those are my two favorite characters awesome yeah i think uh i mean the acting in this show has been just like absolutely outstanding uh and you know if you are a fan of 
people from you know 90s and early 2000s stuff the the four adult leads uh christina ricci melanie linsky and julia lewis are of course gonna be familiar to you and then of course as well tawny cypress who who hasn't wasn't really part of the 90s stuff but has been around for about 20 years as well all four of them are 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 just really outstanding um maya you want to talk a little bit about your uh, I think you came to the show a little bit like, pretty recently, right? You just kind of been. <laughs> yeah, I saw the first seven episodes in the span of like a single day um, over Christmas uh, last week at some point. I had seen a few people talking about the show and um, the way it had been described to me as sort of like a, like a girl's soccer version of like Lord of the Flies, as if like Bend It Like Beckham happened in like Lord of the Flies universe, um, was very appealing to me. So um, I started watching and I couldn't stop. And here we are. Um, I just, I really, I, I'm with Tanvi on this. I feel like it combines so many elements of things I like. Although I will say, typically, like, I would prefer maybe like a slightly less surprise gory TV show. <laughs> um, but I do like the the kind of like coming of age element and like the fact that there's this sort of like, mystery element that's kind of created this community online of people kind of speculating and theorizing about um, what's happening. And the fact that, um, you know, I think at first, I mean, when I first started watching, I hadn't realized that either either had been renewed for a second season. And so I assumed it would kind of neatly wrap up at the end of season one. And now we know that that isn't the case. And so it kind of raises more questions about what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I've, I've just really found it quite addictive and quite entertaining. Um, and yeah, I, I agree. I think Melanie Linsky is wonderful in this uh, show. I love adult Shauna. Um, I also love Misty as a character. I, I you know, Christina Ricci is great. Uh, the, you know, I also love like young Misty. Is, I, I just, I, she's such like a psycho and it's very enjoyable to watch. I mean, even from the beginning of ep- or in, in episode one, when um, she destroys the, the sort of um, one kind of last uh, transmitter that they had to the outside world, once she realizes that that she actually could be like well liked among this group, uh, from that moment on, I think I was captivated by her. Yeah, I think that's it's one thing I really like about all of these characters. Um, and I, I was talking to somebody about this uh, a couple days ago when I was I was trying to ex- explain the show because I've been a bit of an evangelist for it, and I was saying that you know you have all of these characters and they are teenagers, but because once you kind of layer in their elite athletes, you allow for them to, to take a lot of uh, initiative and make decisions that you wouldn't like normally be able to project onto kids basically. And I think even, even the character of Misty who is not a member of, the team as far as like, she, like, she's not a, she's not one of the athletes. She's, uh, she's a member of the coaching staff, you know, like a high school student who's a member of the coaching staff, but even, even her actions, I mean, she is obviously a, a driven character. I think that it's, it's just, it's just a really clever way of doing that to, to kind of frame it that way to say that the, like, these are really driven people already even though they are kids and so it makes a lot of like their actions going forward a lot more believable to me um and i should probably say that my uh i've I've been watching this 
since I think close to the beginning or maybe, you know, maybe the first week or two as, and uh, I kind of wish that I've been able to binge all the episodes at once, just because it's been excruciating having to wait. Uh, but my favorite character, I think at the moment is probably Lottie, who is the kind of uh, the schizophrenic, possibly clairvoyant character who is has has run out of her meds at this point in the storyline and is getting increasingly uh, unhinged. But I just think that the actor who is playing her, Courtney Eaton, does such a good job of kind of portraying this slow, like slow kind of descent where your 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 mind is uh, not yours; it's not under your control. And she does, I think she does such a good job of portraying that struggle uh, for the character. Uh, and I think it's really kind of endeared me to the character and made me really, really interested in what she's going to do next. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I also feel like something that I have kind of been unsure about as I've been watching the show is how much of what the girls are experiencing in the woods is like supernatural versus like like delusions or like something they're experiencing because they're all like starving and dehydrated and like lost in the woods um and i think lottie as a character represents a lot of probably both of those but i think her clairvoyance um in particular kind of like walks that line between those two things i yeah i i really liked her too i feel like that episode where they really go into her past and her um sort of the visions that you know this is not the first time she's had visions or like uh, you know being able to like tell what's been happening before it's happened and um I feel like really that's really when the supernatural aspect of the show um kind of hit me uh because previously I just thought this was okay this is going to be like a gory um kind of like everyone's going to be picked off in the woods or like they're going to you know do all of this bad stuff to each other um but that's basically it and and I didn't actually realize that there was this whole supernatural element I would also say in terms of like the teen actors they're all so good but I really also like teen Taisa Jasmine Savoy Brown um I feel like she does such a good role, uh, such a good, I feel like she and she, I, she really does um, mirror her, uh, the, the actress who plays like adult uh, uh, Taisa um, in uh, Tony Cypress in this really wonderful way where you can see like, I feel like they even have like the same mannerisms and um, expressions at times, which, which was kind of interesting. Um, but but yeah, I feel like they both play like, um, you know, these very self-possessed, extremely driven, as Owen said, like, like you know, young or like young people for the teen, um, Taisa, but um, who are so slowly unraveling. And you can kind of see how they do that. And I feel like that that like distinction is even more stark because of how self-possessed they are, you know, when they're sort of in control. Um, and I, I sort of really enjoyed how, like, even at the beginning, you know, the, the way that she, like, pushes that other, the new girl or whatever, the the younger athlete, um, and, and, like, her, her leg breaks. Um, just, like, sort of the, the pointedness of her um, ambition and her, like, self, sort of self-righteousness and self-position was, like, really interesting to me. Yeah, the, the, the actress who, uh, Jasmine Savoy Brown, 
is also in Leftovers. Um, and if if you're familiar with her role, like it's it's kind of a quiet role, but she brings like a really unsettling intensity to that role as well. Uh, she plays Evie, who uh, is I think she's in the second and third seasons. And I, you know, I didn't, I didn't recognize her when I was first watching the show, but I knew that I had seen her somewhere before. And then when I found that, I was like, oh, right. Yeah. Like that's, that's it. But I, I agree. I think all of, all of the, all of the teen actors are, are great too. So I thought we would, maybe we could talk just a little bit about uh, the most recent episode and then we could kind of get into theories and open it up uh, if, if you want to call in. But um, so again, spoilers on if, if, if you're not up to date, but obviously this one ends with the plane exploding in the air. And that is pretty much like the last thing that we see, which kind of really closes the door on any hope of rescue at this point. And I kind of had a feeling this was going to happen also because I'm, I'm very, uh, I, I follow the subreddit a lot and people have been kind of pointing to this would probably happen. But I was kind of curious as to what what your reaction was uh, when when you guys saw that happen, just the just the the, the fireball. Ugh, it was tra- I mean, it was heartbreaking. I knew Laura Lee probably wasn't going to make it out of the woods, considering that we haven't seen an adult Laura Lee, and I don't know, something just kind of suggested that maybe she wouldn't um, make it out of there, but. When her teddy bear went up in flames and it seemed like the forest didn't really want her to leave. Um, I don't know. It was just heart rending, uh, but a, a very, a very uh, fitting end for Laura Lee. It, yeah. The, the moment that she turned to her teddy bear and said, it's just you and me now. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh man, that's it. Yeah. That's yeah. It. There's no, <laughs> there's no hope. I almost like, so I was so pessimistic about, you know, the minute she says, like, I'm going to go, and I was like, okay, fine, she's going to die. But then when she takes off, I for a second, I almost was like, hmm, maybe she does escape, and maybe that's sort of where the rescue comes in. Like, for, for like, a millisecond, I was just like, okay, maybe I was wrong. And then, of course, like, you know, you go back into um, the cockpit with her. Uh, and I'm once they did that, I was like, all right, like... <laughs> <laughs> she's going down I'm so sorry but um but yeah so I feel like it, it confirmed sort of what I had expected but but yeah I, I think they did a really good job of like th- there was like a couple of moments there where I almost thought it was not gonna happen yeah yeah they I mean they they definitely do sell you on it on it almost happening uh other things that happened in the episode were um pretty cool kind of interaction between adult Ty and adult Shana that I thought was really, really well done. Uh, you know, a lot of that having to do with just, you know, two actors at the top of their game. Um, and, uh, just kind of the ongoing thing with this character, Adam, who I'm, I guess I'm just kind of curious as to what your, both of your takes are on him because I, I can't really quite figure it out. I, I associate him with his queen of the South character. Um, and so it's very difficult for me to really take him too seriously, but uh, but I am trying to get my mind around that a little bit. I was just, but but for for you two watching it, what what's your take on on Adam so far? 
I think he's the most suspicious man in the world. Uh, but I also kind of feel like maybe like, I don't know. I'm, I'm like very deep into the subreddit right now. And everyone keeps saying that everything is kind of a red herring. And so I've gone from waffling and thinking like, oh, this is this is Javi, the, the younger brother who's on the trip. And it's, you know, he's grown up to be Adam. And instead of Martinez, his last name is now Martin. But I've I keep going back and forth between like, maybe that's what's going on. Maybe he's involved in some way with the blackmail of the Yellow Jacket survivors that seems to be happening. Um, Or maybe he's just like a guy. And maybe he didn't know any better when he said that, you know, he wanted uh, Shauna to come into the woods to a cabin with him um, in this episode. Maybe he thought he was just being romantic and and, and nice. Um, But I, there's something, something is obviously off about him as Shauna kind of figures out between the glitter in the closet and um, the fact that there's no trace of him anywhere online. Pratt doesn't have any record of him being, uh, you know, enrolled there. so I <laughs> I hit um, unmute so like vigorously when Maya said he's the most suspicious, <laughs> suspicious character in the world that I like exited the chat by mistake. Um, yeah, no, he's like I um, I think the first thing that um, I remember uh, like the the moment that I remember getting really suspicious about him was when. Um, I think the first time they like spend the night together and like I you see his tattoo like he's got this yeah. huge back tattoo and like I was like and, and it's, it's like mountains and like woods and I was like all right this is you know this guy is definitely not who he says he is um so my like I I like quickly I mean I, I just feel like the way that the episode um the scenes were the flashbacks were kind of aligned too like you know there was there were scenes between um Shauna and um like uh teen Javi and then there's like scenes between Adam and Shauna as adults uh like I feel like the way that at least they're they're foreshadowing that those are like you know he's the guy he's he's happy and and i i do think that's um like i i strongly suspect that's the case what mm-hmm. i will say is like in the at the end of this like last episode um you know when she finds the glitter in the um in the closet and and remembers that like when they were like chasing down the guy who um who's who's uh you know like asking for ransom or whatever who um this like unknown entity um they they were trying to chase him down and like he runs into glitter and then Taisa says you know we just have to look for someone who has a lot of glitter on them and as we know uh, or as at least like any teenage like any person who's been a, like a teenage like glitter enthusiast as i was like knows like glitter does not leave you for like months um <laughs> so when she saw that like i my first thought was okay so you know she um this this has to be like adam um, but then later when I was like kind of reflecting on it, I was also wondering whether maybe it could be Jeff and they mm-hmm. could be unrelated. So yes, Harvey is Adam and he's got like his own agenda, but then that's divorced from the whole like extortion uh plot and and maybe that's like Jeff has something to do with that because he also says like, Oh, I have to go take a shower, blah blah blah. I've been out yeah. all night. So that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I I feel like the blackmail is connected to either one or both of those men. I also feel like 
when we see, I mean, I think that the affair that, that Shauna thinks that he's having is like a complete red herring to throw us off. Like, I don't think that Jeff's having an affair. I feel like that one, I mean, part of me thinks that the woman that we saw in the hotel with Jeff is like possibly like grown up Jackie or just Mm -hmm. someone entirely unrelated, but not, I mean, someone who's maybe working with him to blackmail the girls. I, I don't think that it's an affair, though. And I feel like Jeff must be involved. A part of me thinks that Jeff is maybe too simple and dumb to kind of be doing that. And I feel like po- it's possible that all the time that he's been spending, quote, like at the office late at night working on like database inventory stuff, whatever. I mean, he could just be getting ready for their reunion, which he seems very excited about and seems to be planning quite um quite uh intensely these this past episode um but i also i i have to wonder whether you know how how much he knows about the blackmail and, and whether he's involved the glitter kind of indicates to me it could be either of those men yeah maya you're 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 obviously as deep in the subreddit as i am because <laughs> we should like those are a lot of the same uh the- i i would say that now that we're talking about the uh the theories and stuff if anybody wants to join in or if you just if you guys just want to listen that's totally fine but if you do want to jump in and and give you your theories on any of this stuff, please feel free. Um, yeah, I I think I think that there's also the possibility, and this is a uh, one of the Reddit ones that it's Callie and Callie's boyfriend, who we've only seen in like the first scene of the first episode. Uh, when in I think we don't even see him; we just see him in a picture that Shauna's uh, looking at in the beginning there. Um, but I, but but he like he is a character who we haven't met yet, so I guess it is possible mm-hmm. that he could be, maybe you know, maybe him and Kelly are are, are planning something or, or or doing some kind of scheming here. Um, but yeah, I think you know the black. It's it's kind of hard for me to stay invested with the blackmail subplot. Um, and and I think the part of that is that now that we know that w- when I thought that it was Taisa, adult Taisa as the politician kind of trying to figure out if anybody would spill about what happened, it was a lot more interesting to me. But then once we found out that like she wasn't or we assume that she's not really involved with this part. Now I'm just kind of I'm I'm a little less invested in it now. I'm more I'm more interested in what you know what Juliet Lewis's character now I mean we haven't really even talked about touched on her yet uh what Natalie is going on and and whether or not you know what because she's about to blackmail somebody uh her her former sponsor in order to get information on Travis's bank account so because you know like we don't know what happened with him either so I mean, there are like all these different mysteries going on with the present day. And then, of course, there's the ongoing past story where, of course, like we know where that ends up, but we don't know how they get there. And uh, I'm going to take Georgia here. Let me just. There we go. Cool. Hey. um, Hey. Thanks. Uh, And I appreciate you guys doing this. I was very excited. Um, Like the idea to me that Javi is Adam is preposterous. And I feel like I'm going to like not watch the show anymore. <laughs> if it is. That, yeah. Because he was what, like 13 years old. And at the time, like he would have had to have been 
10, like the ages don't match up. And I just feel like it's preposterous. Um, and I yeah. really hope he has nothing to do with it. Like, and he's just, you know. No, I was gonna say, I, the one thing that I think uh, also agrees with you, your theory that it's not him is that, um, wouldn't Shauna like remember what he looks like? Right. <laughs> like, it has, oh, they were in the woods together. Like, they they keep insinuating throughout the entire show that like they've all kept like all the survivors have kept up with one another. So I don't know. Yeah, I think I think that's that's a good point. You know, and one one thing I wanted to comment too, just based on some of the things you you said earlier, is I'm not really like a supernatural type of person. I think that real life is often you know the the scariest things that you can experience. So I'm really also hopeful that we don't go down that path, right? And there's there's not the supernatural element. Uh, I think it's much more interesting if it's just, you know, humanity and, and the, you know, horrors that we can commit rather than it being sort of... Some- yeah, I, I think that, I mean, they're doing a really good job right now, I think, of walking the line between the two. And I really hope that that's what they continue to do because I think it's interesting if there's like a little bit of mystery about whether or not it's supernatural or not. But I mean, my interpretation of how I'm watching it is that this is just a descent into survival horror. And of course, if you're starving and exhausted and, you know, it's like you're, you're in the Canadian wilderness and it's getting colder and colder and colder. And your you know, your survival is becoming less and less assured. Nobody's coming to get, you know, like, like all this stuff, like compounding. And then you have somebody who, who is, who is having like delusions that are manifesting as visions. Um, and of course that would seem, and there's like other like creepy shit going on. I think that it's reasonable to think that people might start believing that there are some supernatural things and reading into things. And I think that the, the way that they're filming it and the way that the script is developing is really, really clever because it allows for both interpretations of, of what's going on. And I think that a show that I think if they manage to continue to do that and they don't just tilt completely into one or the other, um, I think that they'll, I think, I think, I think that it'll work, I, you know, because you could say, right. That the, the vision that she had about the red smoke and stuff would make sense because she saw them go with the flare gun. Like th- that could subconsciously like be, be in her mind. And then she thinks that she's, you know, having, having these, these visions and stuff. So I think that as long as they can kind of continue to straddle the line, I think it'll be, it'll, it'll be good. What do you think about that? Um, I, I totally agree. I feel like the scariest part of this show, and I feel like a lot of shows that I've been recently gravitating to towards is, um, is that like line between like when you sort of, um, like humanity sort of devolves and like, like the, how 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 quickly um, you can kind of cross that line, and I feel like the other place where where um, they've kind of straddled that line, or or they're sort of you know kind of hinting at the supernatural, but not but filming it in a way that um, leaves it open to interpretation, at least at this point, or um, is like the whole uh, sleepwalking thing with Taisa, which I also found like really 
um, I think goes back to sort of that losing control of yourself and losing control of um, you know who you are and 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 like this idea I don't know like I feel like there's such a psychological element um, the way that they've played up like, personally my deepest fears but um, but like all of our deepest fears right like of uh the hurting the people that you love uh because you you've lost control of something you don't know what you were doing uh i feel like that's the other part of the show um but but i was also thinking back to one of the episodes where they show uh, her backstory and like the whole um history there with her with her grandmother and like seeing you know the man with um what was it the man with without eyes or whatever no yeah 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 um yeah i i don't know where that fits in but it, that was really interesting and and i'm i'm kind of curious to hear what you guys have to say about that yeah i think the show is at its best when it acts as like a psychological thriller and it plays on on like the the whole taisa like woman in the tree storyline i think is like when it's at its best i feel like it's at its worst when it tries to lean into the supernatural like for example i'm thinking of like when they did the séance and in the um in the cabin in the woods it just felt so i was just kind of like no don't do that it just felt so like forced and and it's i don't know i i really hated that um <laughs> that whole scene um but i'm i'm with you georgia i i would prefer that the show doesn't go too far into the supernatural but i also don't think it has to because i feel like as they stay in the woods for longer and they kind of as winter kind of um descends on them i i think that they're just going to start kind of um becoming you know I feel like there's like some level of madness kind of setting it. Yeah, I I think I don't know. I had I had an opposite view of the séance scene in that um as somebody who was a teenager for part of the 90s, um I remember when séances were a pretty big deal and like that and like it was definitely like a thing. I like I don't know how much it was later or before, but I remember definitely in the nineties, like it was like a big, like Ouija boards were like huge, uh, in like the early nineties and, and seances and like all kinds of stuff like that. So I felt that it was, it seemed pretty realistic to me that, uh, that they would suggest doing that. And, you know, they're kind of just sitting there being bored, sitting there in the, you know, the middle of the woods and expecting that still expecting maybe that they'll get, rescued that it, it sounded like kind of a good idea but uh i don't know i i kind of felt to me like the seance scene was it, it did not really make me think that something supernatural was going on it just made me think that lottie was having a psychotic break um i'm gonna take uh ryan as the next caller and jordan if you want to jump back into the queue just go ahead and come come around there Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. <clears throat> okay, so one of the things that I wanted to, t to talk about was um, kind of the, if you want to call it a heel turn that Jackie took in this most recent episode. And as I was watching that episode and thinking about it, uh, one thing we you guys haven't really discussed yet is who might be the... Um, the person in the veil with the antlers and i'm starting to think that maybe that might end up being jackie because it's kind of been telegraphed that it's going to be lottie because she there's the scene where she stands up and she's got the antlers over her head 
and she's obviously got the clairvoyant seeing visions type thing. But I think it's interesting how in the early episodes we're presented as with Jackie as kind of this tragic figure and everyone's so sad. Like this seemingly really nice girl was lost in the wilderness. The coach brings her in and tells her, you're not the best player, but you're our leader. I need you around because you're capable of leading these girls. And I'm starting to wonder if maybe there's some real dark stuff with Jackie coming up that um, we might start seeing here in these next few episodes. And maybe I'm full of crap. I haven't been on the subreddit, but this is just something that I was thinking about. And I wanted to hear what maybe uh, some of your guys' thoughts are on Jackie's character arc and maybe who you think might end up being the, the veiled antler person. You know, I didn't think that it could be her until this episode, but I think you're right. I feel like um, we see her become way more manipulative in this episode. And when she kind of like forces Shauna's hand and makes her tell everybody that she's pregnant and um, the way that she's obviously getting between Travis and and Nat in this episode um, suggests to me after weeks of what seems like her not really having a place in this survivalist um, ecosystem, um, where it's it's like obvious to everybody else that she can't pull her weight in any other way. Perhaps the way that she thinks that she's going to to make it here is to kind of like force herself to to become a leader by just simply dividing everybody and becoming manipul even more manipulative. Yeah, I'm I'm I've, I've become a hundred percent on the Jackie is Antler Queen train, one hundred percent, and uh, pretty much from like the most recent episode. Also. There was an interview with Ella Purnell where she said that people were going to start to really dislike her character in the later episodes. But I think we're starting to see the beginning of that. But, you know, it's not only like it's it's what she does to Nat and Travis for. Really, it doesn't seem like any reason other than to just be an asshole um, and just be manipulative. And then what she does to Shauna, which I think is a lot more, you know, having kind of outing her for being pregnant, which I think is actually a lot more understandable now that she has read the journal and understands like what has happened there. I think, I think that it's, it's a lot harder for me to, I guess, get, you know, as much as you can get like angry at a character, but like, you know, I, I, I can't find any anger at the character for doing that uh, so much because I understand that, you know, she's angry and hurt. And so she's lashing out. That's one thing. Uh, but the, the Nat and Travis thing was really gratuitous. And in the first episode, what, what the coach says is he says that you have influence over them. You have influence. Like he, like, and you know, he's just like listing off all of the ways that the other girls are, are better than her but then says that you have influence over them. And then we see that at the party when they're, when, when there's the fight and she kind of steps in and, and diffuses it very quickly. So, yeah, I think I'm, 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 I'm on board with that. I don't, I'm, I'm really not sure that Lottie makes it too far. She might even be the person in the very beginning who goes down into the pit. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. Tell me, you That's have any, any thoughts on this? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I also agree. I feel like um, for me, um, uh, for a while, I was thinking because there are so many people who have, you know, these moments with Jackie where they really um, 
you know, like, for example, Van, where she doesn't, um, she pulls Shauna out and, you know, kind of Van gets really mad at her uh, because she basically leaves her to die. And, and um, uh, I feel like moments like that. And then this episode, even towards the beginning of this episode, I was like, okay, maybe this is all about sort of how, you know, kind of along with the other stuff about her being like completely useless in the woods um, about her sort of fall from grace and like sort of, you know, she ends up being like the the girl who's being chased the um, uh, in the in the uh, pilot or in the beginning. Um, and so she's the one who like dies and like gets eaten or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think uh, like halfway through this episode, uh, I, I feel like those two big sort of decisions that like her character takes uh, makes in um, you know, the coming sort of being the wedge between uh, Nat and Travis. Um, but then also this moment towards the very end, uh, which I almost missed, but then kind of thought back to and it like really stuck in my head, uh, which was like after the whole plane, plane crash, everyone's sort of consoling each other and Travis is consoling her or she like puts her head on Travis's like shoulder. And that was kind of meaningful in light of like what's just happened between like him and Nat and sort of I'm wondering if that like foreshadows anything. Um, but uh, yeah, at least at the end of this episode, I'm I'm like very much Jackie uh, in the camp of like Jackie is the antler queen. Yeah. I also feel like you were right about the foreshadowing with them, with her being with Travis at the end of the episode. And I wonder if she's going to sleep with Travis and kind of like continue to drive that wedge between Travis and Nat. Although we know that like, obviously Travis and Nat reconnect like later, but I, I wonder if, if that's like Jackie just kind of like continuing to, to manipulate everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's hard. I mean, it does look like that, especially with the the preview for episode nine, where they're kind of like walking into the woods together. Ryan, what, what uh, has this uh, shifted you at all, or, or has this cemented your your idea? Uh, I, yeah, I think it's pretty much cemented where I'm at. I'm, I just, it's not something I'd really considered before this last episode, and then kind of watching it, I think that. It, she's definitely like if you're putting betting odds on it she's definitely moved up to the top of my board yeah i i, I mean up until it could go like, other ways i'm just i'm always looking for the red herrings and what have they telegraphed and where are they going to pull the rug out from under us yeah i think like like maybe like two episodes ago i was like 100 percent like she's not making it to like episode 10 she's like, definitely reach. making enemies they're setting her up to make enemies or yeah. to alienate at least the survivors we know about and yeah. um, one one more thing, and then you can let me go. But we're definitely like in the re- when they go to the reunion, like we're a hundred percent getting adult versions of survivors that we don't know about. Like, yeah, definitely, definitely. And my my hopes for that are because we know that Lottie is dead from uh, the the internet search uh, screenshot from earlier in the in in the season i think it's episode i think it's five but it's uh, it, it does say lottie didn't uh uh die but i would like to see uh the the mari character make it for sure i i like her character quite a bit um and van would be cool to see her with her stitched up face although i don't know whether or not that she's gonna make it out especially with uh just with the way that adult Thaisa was talking about, it seemed to be a little, maybe, maybe, maybe it's not going to 
work out so well for her. Yeah, I don't know. Well, did you see the picture of somebody had a picture of her sitting around the fire and she's got one of the soccer shirts on and then they matched it up with like the very first masked figure we see in the pilot kind of standing over the pit with the spikes in it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The co-ed co-ed one. Yeah. 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 Cool. All right. Um, all right. I'm going to hop over here. Yeah, absolutely. To uh, TMC. Are you there? Maybe still muted. App can be a little difficult uh, to manage at first. Well, while we wait, um, what are your predictions for the doom coming party that we're going to see, uh, Tumby and Maya? I'm curious. As to, uh, do you think that we're it's just going to devolve into complete chaos by the end of the next episode, or do you think it's going to wait until episode ten for that? I feel like we're not going to get complete chaos in the next episode. I don't even know if we're going to get complete chaos before the end of season one, to be honest. Like, I feel like there's a lot that they're going to withhold for another season, but um, I don't know. The the preview for episode nine made it seem like some shit was going to go down. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it seems like they're, they're tripping. Yeah. It, it seems like they're like, like the, the mushrooms that they're taking are, are, are magic. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah, I, I feel like it's going to um, escalate for sure. But yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's going to really... Um, it's going to be to the level where it's like conclusive, like conclusive escalation. I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, I feel like it's going to set up like some sort of um, end, obviously. But um, I, I actually hadn't read, Maya, that they, they're going to... Um, that they were... Uh, gonna do a second season and and like they sort of reversed on that like that's i hope they don't do that thing that they like shows like this often do which is like leave uh you know try to like drag a good thing out uh where it could mm-hmm. just be like very cleanly concluded in in this like series or this season and you know just like make it into like a five season thing um and like drag it on i really hope they don't I, do that. I do think well, this season's gonna end satisfyingly even if we don't have all the answers that's my prediction. Yeah. And 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 I just want to interject here just to say that um the the show creators mapped out a five season uh like plan when they pitched the show. So it's not gonna go longer than five seasons. Like they have like a five season plan. So we're not gonna see like I I think that especially after I mean, Lost is like the show that has gotten compared to the most, right? And mm-hmm. I think it's pretty clear that that show went much longer than it should have. And they didn't really have like a plan of like where to end it. Mm-hmm. While this, like, you know, if this has a good five season arc, then that's good. Like, that's what we want. We want it just to be like beginning, middle, end done. Yeah. But obviously they didn't know that they were going to get this renewed. So, yeah. So I think that, yeah, maybe... Hopefully the end of this season is satisfying in and of itself. And maybe, you know, a later season, like, you know, two or three might have more of a cliffhanger ending. I have a question for you guys. Do you think that the cannibalism is a red herring or do you think that they 
do you think that like they all like at some point like break bad and and go full cannibal? I don't know. Uh, tell me, you want to? Uh, let me let me think about that for a minute. Yeah, I mean that's a really good question. I feel like. Um, I took it at face value, at least when I started watching the show. I was like, okay, this is going to get, you know, this is going to get really gory. Um, but I think as, like, the episodes have gone, like, deeper into sort of that, like, blurred line that we were talking about earlier between reality and, like, fiction and, like, you know, the with the sleepwalking and, and the visions and things like that, I'm I'm now second guessing and i'm now wondering whether something bad happens but um you know not not that exactly or like yeah i i just wonder i i I feel like i want to actually kind of go back and see the way that that was cut that whole sequence was cut too because i want to see like how much of it is because it's it's a lot of like like jump shots and like lots of cuts and i'm wondering if that's just the way that it's been kind of um edited together to kind of throw us off or uh but yeah that's a really good question i, I don't know right yeah. now i think I'm, I'm still going with like that this something to that effect or like something adjacent to that happens i i think that the the opening is as far as i remember and i have watched the i've watched the pilot episode a couple of times um uh the the jump cuts are running through the woods, falling, hanging upside down, bled out, sitting around the fire, cooking something, eating it, leaving, Misty taking her, her mask off. But those things don't even, I mean, you know, people, people have, have said on the Reddit thing, like those scenes don't even necessarily have to happen at in the same decade, right? Like we could be watching part of this is happening now and part of it's happening then. So who knows? I think that the red herring might be that that both bands, I guess, uh, engage in cannibalism as opposed to maybe it's just one and the other ones don't. You know, may, may, maybe that's what the division is. Maybe maybe Misty is part of the ones that do, and then she's she flips sides or something. And, and I mean, because if, if they, I tried to like break it down, uh, who I thought it was going to be, you know, in each, in each of these, uh, tribes, I guess, or, or, or groups. And so what, what I came up with was group one, Jackie, Lottie, Van, Mari, Akila, Misty, group two, Ty, Shauna, Nat, Travis, coach Scott, Javi, I think actually Travis is probably in group one, uh, especially with what we saw with, with Jackie, but I don't know otherwise. And, and then again, like there's, you know, there's another like nine, eight or nine characters who are just kind of background characters as well, who will be filling it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also think that this is like another thought that I had recently, but I, I feel like now that Misty's back and has, has, you know, after they briefly went out into the woods to look for food, um, I do wonder whether that assistant coach makes it. I feel like he's not long for this world with Misty there. I mean, he yeah, he he, he also has lost his leg. I mean, he, as <laughs> as with the winter coming, I mean, how how much longer can they <laughs> How much longer can they keep like realistically like 
can the group keep him alive? Mm-hmm. That's 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 what's been like stretching credulity if 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 somehow he's alive in a year. Like how? You know? Yeah, it seems I mean it seems unrealistic that he would have made it to this point with his leg in the state that it's in, but I don't know. <laughs> Clearly that that's not a factor here. Right. Yeah, I feel like um I'm I was reading up on like among all the theories that I've I've like looked at, I feel like the two camp theory definitely makes sense to me. Um I just don't think that they're going to let um yeah, it's kind of irredeemable if if they're all like if if it is like just all in flashback and that they're all taking part in this like cannibal feast, especially like the main like the characters that we're following right now in the show. Um so I I definitely think that there's um you know that there's there's like two camps and there's like one side that does and one side that doesn't um i i i've also like there was a point where i thought that maybe van is like antler queen uh but like there's just not enough information about that um but that was something else that like kind of flitted through my brain and then i i kind of like tabled it um but yeah, I think that that would be the cleanest way to do it is, is two camps. And, you know, um, I guess like the, the the related question I had with that is like, so that, does that mean like, is Jackie alive or is she actually dead? Do we know for sure? I feel like she's alive. I think that the ambiguity, to like, I, I know that like, obviously like the parents seem to think that she's dead. Everyone, by all accounts, officially, she's not there. But I don't know. I, I feel like she's connected to this blackmail in some way. Yeah, but but they they just say that she's gone, but they don't really say like they they don't explicitly say that she died. I don't know. It's like very, it's it's a very clever uh, to kind of take it out of like the show a little bit and into like how the show is like put together. It's a really clever way that they've written this, in that like there are all of these like ongoing mysteries that will just torture your mind because they just they just make sure that like yeah it seems this way but there's always a possibility that something else is going on um and then even when they just like just do the most obvious thing it still feels like a surprise because you've been thinking about all the different possible ways that this could happen i mean it could end up to be that both of these groups are engaged in you know the the worst possible thing like the you know cannibalism and that we see both of it happen and that we see the leads do it and that we're expected to like figure out how to sympathize with them after that. Um, but the way that they've built it all up with all the mystery and everything still makes that very obvious outcome really entertaining. And I think that that's a really smart thing that they do. Uh, but, and actually, and, and speaking of that, I actually do think that we're going to see, uh, all four of the leads engage in in eating other people, and I and and I think you're just going to be expected to like either either figure out how to manage that um, as as somebody who's watching the show and trying to you know empathize with these characters, or or you just don't, or or I mean maybe we're maybe we're watching the villains right now, and maybe the the heroes are not on screen right now. I mean, it's, 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 there's, there's a lot of ambiguity. Yeah. I feel like it shows that it's best when it leads into that ambiguity. And I feel like that's what makes it unlike anything else I've seen recently is that like, 
nothing is possible to predict in the show. Like, it feels like anytime I start to think I know what's going on, it takes like a, it veers off and something else happens. So I, I really, I really enjoy that about the show. I also wanted to very quickly say that I, I do really love Van a lot. And I really loved at the beginning of this episode when they built this funeral pyre in the woods for her and they like decide to burn her body without checking if she's alive first, which seems unrealistic because Miss Red Cross is there with them. But, um, and she comes to and realizes that she's like in a, in a fire and she like rolls off and is like, fire really <laughs> and it was just like the funniest line in the entire episode i think um i, I really love her character <laughs> yeah the um I, I think the actress actor's name is uh liv hewson who plays van and they are just uh their delivery is really great they were in a show called santa clarita diet as well where where they did a lot of uh comedy Tom, you were, oh, sorry. Okay. Um, yeah. So I think maybe we'll, maybe we'll chat for another five or 10 minutes. And then if anybody else wants to jump in on the call queue, I think, uh, looks like TMC is a little, uh, still muted out, but if anybody wants to jump back in, please feel free just while we're chatting. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this show and I'm excited about what's going to happen the next two episodes. Um, and I'm just trying to think if there's any theory. I mean, I do actually kind of want to go back to one thing, which is, uh, the character of Jeff, who I think has been, they've kind of been like opening him up a little bit and making him more and more complex. And I'm curious as to how your feelings about his character and his relationship with the character Shauna has maybe changed over the last couple episodes as opposed to like the earlier ones. Yeah, I feel like he, I definitely wrote him off uh, at the beginning as like this like sort of, you know, like set piece, like he was just like in the background kind of. Um, but um, I think it was probably that um, the scene where they're sitting down for brunch with um Jackie's parents where he kind of like stands up for her um and then he's like you know he also kind of has that conversation in the car with her um where where I started thinking there might be a little bit more to to him and um uh, I I also feel like yeah like this last episode where you know like his like the repeated mention of his like data like inventory database stuff uh, I feel like it's just like being pushed on like so obviously that it it can't be real. And so um, I definitely think like he has a role to play. I just haven't figured out what it is. I agree with you that the brunch scene, I think, is what kind of made me think differently of him for the first time and kind of started to make me think of him as a more uh, maybe complex character. Um, also, like, I mean, I... I I just kind of don't really know what to make of him. Like the fact that he's so excited for their high school reunion is very weird to me, but also seems completely in line with this person who has never left their hometown. So I don't know, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the, the supposed affair that he's having with this woman named Bianca is not, I think that that's not what, what that is. I, I feel like there's something that we don't know yet about him and, I'm excited to find out what that is. And I feel like it could be kind of sinister. 
Yeah, I'm like really interested in their both of their decisions to get married to each other after yeah. <laughs> like I I definitely want to know a little bit more about how that came to be and like why because I mean yeah they're just like not um I also found it I yeah I I think I I like agree with you Maya I feel like I found it like extremely spot on that he would be so excited for his high school reunion um and also would buy Shana a dress that's like banana yellow <laughs> like, something that she would never Shana. wear or pick out for her yeah he has, yeah well I was just gonna say he, he he definitely has peaked in high school energy yeah like that yeah. like that is who 100% yeah I thought I thought that the is his his character really does seem to be uh plotting or scheming something but i i am i am becoming more and more attached to the he's playing the high school reunion theory rather than any kind of other uh shadiness although who knows i mean you know uh, all all of these characters are they you know they only let us see like a little bit of them and and they're all acting really shady so do you think that the postcards that the girls received have anything to do with the high school reunion? Or do you think that it's, like, just part of the blackmail? Oh, shit. Like, that would be really smart. Like, I kind of thought that maybe they were, like, invitations to the high school reunion. And that would make sense as to why they all received them. Yeah, but, man, I don't know. Would you really want to send invitations to a high school reunion of people from, like, that class telling people to go to that place? Hmm. Yeah, I. It's, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of the dumb, tasteless thing that you could see somebody doing. I guess in real life, for sure. Mm-hmm. I definitely thought the postcards were a part of like Jeff, because then it makes sense, right? Because Shauna didn't receive one, or at least she said she, she said she didn't one. get one. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that would make sense if Jeff was trying to like blackmail the others maybe uh maybe he stole the journals from the safe and he's trying to blackmail the others and obviously he wouldn't want to blackmail his own wife i don't know is that what is that what she had in there yeah yeah Yeah. i think it also makes sense that jeff would have taken the journals out of the safe instead of adam because how would adam know the the password to the safe it makes more sense that jeff would know it yes okay wow Mm -hmm. i was wondering like what that was i didn't understand and now because she opened it up and it was empty. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I get it. All right, uh, Georgia, you're you're on if you want if you want to jump in. So, um, you know, Shawna said she didn't get the postcard, but then she had the folded up postcard in her pocket. Do you think that she stole it from one of the other girls, or that she did? Oh. Yeah, I think I think hmm. isn't she given that one? She's given yeah, that that's one. Yeah, that's what I. Think, I... By oh, I missed that. Okay, thank you. Yeah, and and actually, like Natalie is another. Uh, we can go over time a little bit. Just, to, I mean, I'm I'm just curious as to what the what the feeling is about adult Natalie, in like the way that Juliet Lewis is playing her, and also like what her character is up to, because she seems to have some. It, whatever happened out there has affected her a lot worse than the others. I feel like she is probably having the most outward like manifestation or like expression of the trauma or whatever it is that they've experienced uh, which is like 
I, I think she says that in the car, right? She's like, oh, you guys are just as messed up. I'm just, you know, like, um, it's just, you kind of keep it under the surface and it just, it's going to like unravel in pot- potentially like scarier ways or like more, you know, kind of in, um, in crazier ways. But like for her, it's the, it's addiction. And that actually, I mean, even just the stuff that we've seen, it it makes, a, <laughs> it's not um, impossible to, um kind of understand why someone would um you know kind of uh use you know uh, like alcohol and like drugs and stuff to kind of cope with that yeah and she had substance ad- 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 abuse issues even in high school probably as a result of seeing her dad you know accidentally blow his face off with a gun so she had like unresolved trauma going into the woods um on top of everything right Right. Uh, yeah. And I think, I think Juliet Lewis is doing a really, really good job of playing that role. Um, and I'm just kind of, I don't know. I feel like there's like a black cloud hanging over her. Like, I don't know if she's going to make it, you know? Yeah. I, I also feel like she seems to have been plotting more than any of the other survivors in present day in the sense that like, she shows up at, at Misty's apartment with a gun and, um, you know, like I, I just, and she's clearly trying to blackmail her sponsor too. And to what end, like, I don't know, um, to get access to Travis's bank account, I guess. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, clearly this is like, she, I don't really know exactly what she's plotting, but there seems to be a lot going on there that isn't necessarily happening with the other woman. Also, like, what's with her? Like, she has a lot of money in that fancy car. Like, where did all of that come from? Mm -hmm. I I have no idea. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, she talks about, like, in in the, or whatever, um, in the meeting that, or, like, therapy meeting that she goes to, um, that um, she's lost her purpose. And, like, what's her purpose? Like, it just seemed really insidious. But then, like, I, I don't know. The last few episodes just like made me feel really bad for her. Um, so I'm, I'm like really confused about what's, what's happening with her. Yeah. yeah. All the present day women are like tragic figures in their own ways. But to me, she's the saddest in a lot of ways. Um, and uh, the, yeah, like you said, Tanvi, I feel like the past couple episodes have like really illuminated that. The, the monologue that she does in the, in the van about her relationship with Travis, I thought was really, that was that was a pretty sad moment. Yeah, just kind of freaking out, just like kind of like just losing it. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. All right. Well, it's 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 eleven, and we've been talking for about an hour. Um, either of you want to say anything to kind of cap off what we were ch- chatting about? I think might try and do this again. So. Definitely uh, see if we can all hang out again and chat about this in another week or two. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, any kind of final parting thoughts? We didn't even get to Travis's murder. Oh my God. Oh, uh, that's huge. Oh, fuck. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we will have to do another one for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I just, uh, this was really fun. Um, I'm, I'm excited for the next episode. Um, I think it's going to clarify a lot for us. Yeah, I feel like next week will be very satisfying and probably tie up some loose ends for us before the finale. But this was super fun. It was so nice to talk to people who have seen the show instead of me, like, 
like trying to convince my friends to watch it by talking about it. So uh, <laughs> this was great. Thank you for putting this together, Owen. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks everybody for joining us. Um, and yeah, uh, hopefully maybe for episode 11 or episode 12, uh, we will, we will go back to the woods. All right, everybody. <laughs> thanks for listening. Bye. Awesome. Bye. Bye.